Hey, today we have kind of a roller coaster ride for you. Uh, the information on you that is being sold, the Total Information Awareness Program, HARPA and DARPA, coming to the U.S. very soon. Also, we're talking about the new streaming services, the plays. We've been uh, dinged again by Facebook last week. Now this weekend, um, YouTube demonetized uh, my interview with Dave Rubin. I guess we're just too dangerous for them. Planned Parenthood, a story that you have not heard anywhere that should be the lead in in every decent journalist uh, paper or report today. Michael Rechtenwald joins us to talk about Google. More on Elian, uh, Elon Omar and Representative Clyburn says, I don't think the Bill of Rights would pass today. Stu and I look at that all on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Here's what broke last week. The Department of Justice on Thursday filed a court order stating they want Apple and Google to hand over the information of more than 10,000 gun owners. The DOJ wants information of gun owners who use the mobile app called Obsidian 4, which allows rifle owners to calibrate their scope using their cell phone. The government wants users' data as part of a larger immigration and customs enforcement investigation into breaches of weapons export regulation. This scope, we have stuff here in America that, you know, our enemies abroad would love to be able to get their hands on. And so we export, bad guys export some of this stuff. They buy it and export it. And the government's trying to catch these guys. Now, the company isn't under investigation. But the investigators are looking for a quick way to find out where the app is in use. So if it's in use in Afghanistan, then they know and they can track it all the way back to who sold them that. So it seems like a pretty good idea, except they're asking for a warrant on everybody. So anybody who has bought this, you're not you're not under suspicion but they're going to get all of your information. So did you download the app? What did you use it for? How long did you use it for? All of your information is going to go into the hands of the federal government. It's not really a good idea. This is not the way we issue warrants in America. But the problem is bigger than this. The problem is most people don't understand that we are... I don't even know how long we are before we, we get there, if we're not there now. My guess is by 2020, 2021, 22 on the outside, we are going to be living in a full social credit kind of world. We already are there. Now, here's what I mean by that. My podcast with Dave Rubin has been demonetized. Now, last week, Facebook uh, would not promote uh, Bridget Fetessy's podcast, which featured me. So a digital wall went up. If you went to Facebook and you say, I like Glenn Beck, you may not have gotten that notice that I had done a new podcast, even though you're there saying, I like Glenn Beck. 
because some have said, I don't like Glenn Beck. The mob has spoken. And so we got a notice that it violated their community standards. How? No answer. Dave Rubin uh, wrote yesterday and said, Glenn, uh, I don't know if you've, uh, you've seen this, but now the podcast that we just did has been demonetized. How is that happening? What did we do to violate community standards? Well, nothing. Probably my name is on a list. What, can I see why my name is on the list? Can I see that list? No, no, no. You can't. My social credit score is too low. And so they won't, they won't allow any advertising to happen on anything of mine. Well, people will say, well, you, you make enough money. This isn't about me. First of all, that's not my podcast. That's Dave Rubin's. And Dave Rubin, up until he signed with us, that's how he makes money. He makes money through YouTube. If they demonetize him, he has no money. He can't do what he does. And it's all because of a social credit score. He has, he has angered the gods. And it is godlike magic because you can't, there's no fair hearing. There's nothing. You don't even know what the algorithm is. You don't even know what you've done. Last week, the court has said that we can't just have no-fly lists. You can't be put on a terrorist watch list without even knowing about it. You can't be on a no-fly list. That's unconstitutional. Well, we've been saying that for a while. Now the federal government has been told you can't have it by a court. But we have it. We have those lists. We have those black lists. I don't even know how to talk to my children anymore to alert them of this problem. Let me give you, let me, let me just start to break this down. Do you have a Roomba by any chance? This comes from a company called iRobot. The CEO, uh, Colin Angle, told Reuters recently that its data-based business strategy for the smart home starts with the new revenue stream that is coming from Roomba. What, what, do you, what, what revenue stream are they making? Because we buy them? No. Because Roomba actually maps the floor plan of your home. And it sends that information back to iRobot. iRobot then takes everybody's map of their home and it sells it to interested parties. This is the beginning of the internet of things everything you have will be on the internet everything and if you if you opt out well then it won't really work for you, you still buy roomba but it's not going to work as well or would it have they made it more difficult take things like see we're we're doing this to ourselves because we think it's good the sleep number bed which is a great bed but they now have smart bed technology and sleep tracking. So what does that mean? Well, the bed's base and mattress customizable with features that raise or lower the angle of the bed, sensors that soften or firm up the mattress. Other sensors now measure heart rate, breathing, and movement. 
And every morning you get a sleep IQ score r- representing your individual quality and length of sleep, your restful sleep, restless sleep, time out of bed, what adjustments you can make. Now, the company suggests that you connect that sleep app to your fitness tracker on your arm and the thermostat in your house to see how your work or bedroom temperatures actually affect your sleep. It sounds great. Now, in the company's 12-page privacy policy, um, customers are advised that providing information is an affirmation of consent to use that information in line with policy, which employs the usual onerous terms, third-party sharing, Google Analytics, targeted advertising, and much more. If customers create a user profile to maximize the effectiveness of the app, the company then also collects your biometric and sleep-related data about how you, your child, and any other person that uses the bed, it gets all of their information and it sends it out, including their respiration and heart rate while sleeping. It also collects all audio signals in your bedroom. What? This is not... This is not uncommon. Almost everything will become a part of the Internet of Things. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what does a smart product know? Whom does it tell? So who knows? Who decides? And who is it that's deciding who decides? Where is all of your information going? They are now monitoring, recording. They're communicating behavioral data. They have now smart vodka bottles. They have internet-enabled rectal thermometers and everything in between. Smart light bulbs, smart toothbrushes, smart coffee mugs, smart ovens, smart juicers, smart utensils to improve your digestion. Home security cameras with facial recognition. It's great. Home alarm systems that monitor unusual vibrations that happen usually right before a break-in occurs. Indoor GPS locators. Sensors that attach to any object to analyze movement, temperature, other variables. Every kind of connected appliance. Cyborg cockroaches designed to detect sound. Even the baby's nursery is is a surplus of information. I don't think we have any idea how bad things are getting, and we are just allowing it to come into our home. So what does this mean? How is it, how is it we're supposed to function anymore? What is coming our way? Well, there is no opt-in, opt-out kind of function uh, anymore. And the last bastion is the human body. I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to, I want to talk to you about the total information uh, awareness program. It was started because of the Patriot Act right after September 11th. But maybe the week of September 11th, we should look at what has happened since September 11th. The government shut down funding in 2004 or 5, but we had already granted 
uh, license to other companies to start making these things and make them they have. And I'm going to show you how a visit to your vet could end up putting you onto some social score that you don't like could mean the loss of your gun. It definitely means the loss of your personal information, just going to the vet. Okay, I told you last week about something called HARPA. HARPA is like DARPA, okay? Uh, But it's the Health Advanced Research Project Agency, HARPA. It's all about your health, just like DARPA is about defense. This is a government agency that that, uh, looks over the horizon and says, what can we do? Now, remember, DARPA is the one that really gave us the microwave oven. The, I mean, the, the things that DARPA has done from going to space to weapons has been remarkable. One of the, the best group of, I think, inventors and thinkers on Earth. I'm not uh, a conspiracy-minded guy on DARPA. I'm glad we have DARPA. However, things are moving so quickly now we have to have some way to watch what DARPA and now HARPA is doing. HARPA is something that apparently every time it's brought up in the White House, the president really likes. He likes technology and he likes solving crime. So so this is Safe Home from HARPA. Safe Home, it's an acronym. Stopping Aberrant Fatal Events by Helping Overcome Mental Extremes. Now, what they want to do is they want to identify potentially violent people, potentially violent people. Anybody see Minority Report? We don't have the three uh, women in the milk bath to do it. Harpa is doing this, and it's doing this because we are being tracked by everything, and it's only going to get much worse. The safe home plan sounds pretty great. I mean, it's a way for us to make sure that the crazy people don't get their hands on guns and they're helped before there is a problem, except it means total surveillance. Now, Harpa says they're only going to try this for a couple of years. But I want to remind you what DARPA did here in a second. They're only going to try this for a few years, and they're only going to do it with people who voluntarily Uh, allow harpa to access the data now they haven't answered whether or not that mean that means like me when i went on to itunes and went i agree without reading it when i have my fitbit and i say which i don't have i agree is my am i now part of harpa is my information being used by harpa the answer is most likely Now, they're trying to develop a sensor suite. And this will have artificial intelligence identify changes in mental status. So it is looking for the sensitivity for early diagnosis of neuropsychiatric violence. They're going to use Apple Watches, Fitbits, Amazon Echo, and Google Home. And other, quote, powerful tools. All right. 
let me take you back in time for something called TIA, Total Information Awareness. Have you ever heard of this, Stu? This was in the Patriot Act. TIA, its mission is to, quote, detect, classify, and identify foreign terrorists and decipher their plans and therefore enable the U.S. to take timely action to successfully preempt and defeat terrorist acts. Oh, I remember when we were young and stupid. It was the, the, the logo of this was the pyramid with the eye of God above it. Sound familiar? Sound like, oh, I don't know, eye of Moloch? So this was defunded in 2004. TIA was to strive to achieve human identification at a distance, including face recognition, iris recognition, and gait recognition. They also were working on odor recognition. So you could tell somebody by the smell of them. We have that built in already. Right. No. It's, it's, so all of this has already be do, uh, been done. And their goal was to stockpile as much information as possible on everyone on Earth to protect the government, to protect us from everything on Earth. Every purchase you make with a credit card, every magazine subscription you buy, every medical prescription you fill, every website you visit, every email you send and receive, every academic grade you receive, every bank deposit you make, every trip to, that you book, every event you attend, all of these transactions go into the Defense Department's virtual centralized grand database, including your trip to the vet. Hmm. Fluffy got hurt. So Fluffy is going to the vet. But we notice that your teenage son, who is also having trouble in school, has just booked an appointment at the psychiatrist's office. Did Fluffy get hurt from an external injury or internal? How did it happen? The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. A man I have an awful lot of respect for, Michael Rechtenwald, is uh, joining us now. His uh, Twitter is anti-PCNYUprof. Uh, he was a guy who was part of the system and, you know, was teaching deconstruction and, and everything else. And kind of woke up and saw what was happening and saw that... These leftists were serious about getting rid of capitalism and taking control and shutting everyone up. And he started to speak out. He was shunned by all of his friends. He was pretty homeless uh, there for a while. And he has come roaring back. He authored the book Springtime for Snowflakes, which is kind of his story. But it, it's, it's intense when you see it from the inside. Uh, he uh, has a new book out called the uh, called Google Archipelago, uh, which is about how we are building gulags and we're allowing Google and others like that to do it. Welcome to the program, Michael Rechtenwald. Hey, Glenn. Good morning. It's good to have you on, Michael. I, and and um, I want to have you down and really talk about your book. But I know your book, uh, which comes out, what, in a couple of weeks? couple of weeks or any day now is, is uh it's scheduled for the 30th but it could be any day that it'll be okay. released so okay 
You won't um, be waiting long. Okay, so it, it is, I've read uh, much of it. I haven't read all of it. You haven't sent me all the chapters, but I've read mu- much of it, and it's really, really good. Uh, and it goes okay. into how Google is, is building this box for us. How concerned yeah. are you that the government is now reaching out and saying, hey, Google and Apple and Amazon Echo, we need your help uh, to find out who the crazy people are? This is alarming. I mean, we're talking about an unprecedented infiltration of surveillance into the home, the likes of which, you know, 1984 will pale by comparison. And we won't need helicopters, you know, hovering outside your window because you'll be voluntarily, with the smartification of your home, turning virtual assistants and televisions and every other appliance possibly in your house into an agent or an app for surveillance upon you. And so anything that is said in the home can be recorded and sent to the agencies, the proper agencies uh, in question, so to speak, and therefore there are going to be thousands, if not millions, of false positives where you're maybe even arrested because something. You may have enacted a Shakespearean play in your home, and there's a talk of murder and things like this. This would be enough, perhaps, to trigger the authorities to come and get you. Well, there is, there is um, as part of this, uh, HARPA is what it's, it's called. As part of this, they are monitoring, they want to be able to monitor everything. So not only the language in your home, what people are saying, but they want to have access to, for instance, your son has a doctor's appointment. It's a psychiatrist. Um, he has his records at school show that he's starting to get into some trouble. Uh, and your dog just went to the vet and it had some external injuries. It had been hit by the car or it, something had happened to it. That's enough to trigger Harpa and say, there's a possibility that there is a disturbed child living in this house with real psychiatric problems and he's beating the dog. We got to get the guns out of the house. And you all have no, you have, you're, you're not, you're, you're guilty until you prove innocent. Right. This is minority port, report um, in, in action. Um, and, you know, they're going to be collating so much information from, like you said, uh, doctor's records, uh, you know, medical records, uh, uh, activities in the home, uh, language that's used in the home, anything, any data that's uh, possible to collect will be collated with other data and interpreted as such, perhaps even by algorithms without even human intervention. So we have algorithms determining whether or not somebody is about to commit a crime. Um, it's alarming. I mean, we're talking about an abridgment of, uh, of rights that could be uh, quite unprecedented in this country. So I don't know. Have you read um, uh, Surveillance Capitalism, the book? Yeah, yes, I have. Okay. Um, I've been reading that off and on, and I picked it up over the weekend because I was looking into the surveillance again. And we just talked about what they where where she really goes into, look, even Roomba now is selling a map of your home. It goes and it maps the floor of your house. I don't know who's interested in buying that, but they get a lot of money from people who are buying maps of homes. Um, and it's it's everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. How do you possibly unplug from this matrix? I mean, that's a great that's a great question. First of all, I would like to say that I call this Google Marxism rather than uh, uh, surveillance capitalism, because the objective is a kind of leftist totalitarian state 
where it's basically everybody under surveillance and uh, the rest of the pop, you know, you have a mon- series of monopolies on top and the uh, and, and everybody else in a sort of, you know, actually existing socialism at the bottom, all under surveillance, all under the state. The corporate uh, entities are fusing with as state apparatuses uh, to become these massive powers, these governmental powers. What I would do is I recommend the stupefaction or the stupidification of your house. Everything should be dumb as a doorknob. Otherwise, you're dealing with um, you're dealing with your TV and your radio and your phone and your uh, your Alexa or your home, Google Home. All of these things are surveillance agents. So you, you have to get your house clear of of anything so-called smart because if it says it's smart, you're dumb to use it. And if it says that this is a safe home initiative, it should be considered – these are all misnomers. It's a dangerous home initiative. It's dangerous for you. Um, so People I, will I think, think – Michael, people will think that this is conspiracy theory. We're seeing we're, – what we're seeing happen right now is a social credit score. If you right. have said something that the mob doesn't like, you can lose your job. If – if you have a politically incorrect um, opinion, I can be demonetized and then deplatformed. It's happening already, but people are not, for some reason, waking up. And I think in, in looking at what the news is just in the last few weeks because of the gun issue and what the government is talking about doing now, and what you know Google and Amazon and everybody else is talking about doing— I fear we are maybe two years away from being in a box that we can't get out of. That's right. I mean, we're looking at uh, already the spread of the smart cities from China to the West. Uh, We have a city in Australia, Darwin. Australia has adopted the smart city model. This is an outdoor prison, if you will, because it's it's a kind of digital gulag because every act is recorded. Every act is collated with other data. All of this data is fed into the various agencies. People are basically facing digital fences or even digital leashes such that they can't move beyond such uh, certain parameters. Uh, so we're Expl- at- hang on, hang on. Explain, explain that because people will say, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I don't care. Um, right. And it's not even, uh, you know, China doesn't have to come in and break down the door to get you and put you in prison. They now have such surveillance that you cannot leave your house. There's nothing you can do outside of your house. And so they keep you in your house by choice. You choose to do it. That's right. Uh, One of the things to be concerned about is, is not just whether you're doing something wrong, but whether you're doing something that is interpreted as dangerous. Uh, because you know this is this is one thing to note is that these are left leaning or left authoritarian forces that are going to be controlling this so they're they're going to be looking at anything that is right leaning as dangerous i mean we've already seen countries banning certain individuals from entering the country yes uh, Laura Loomer in England and uh others uh like even Ann Coulter in Australia uh so they're this is not just so we're seeing people being limited in their scope of travel. It's going to get to the point perhaps where we won't even be able to leave a city or as you said people will be smart to not leave their home unless their home is smart. <laughs> in which case you're basically in it you've created your own digital dungeon. 
So, Michael Rechtenwald, he is uh, the uh, author of Google Archipelago, which uh, is a tough title for a, a lot of people. Uh, you just said it was Google Marxism. Tell me why you chose that name. Well, Google Archipelago is a takeoff from Alexander Solzhenitsyn's book, a three-volume series called Gulag Archipelago, which was about the Soviet prison system during the Soviet Union in which uh, Solzhenitsyn himself was imprisoned uh, for, for several years. So what I'm saying is that Google is an emblem for a broader set of um, digital giants that are basically creating a digital gulag around the world. And we're voluntarily, unfortunately, voluntarily submitting ourselves to it. This Google, uh, Google uh, digital gulagging is, is a kind of, as I said, it's all about surveillance. It's all about these uh, smart, smartification of devices. It's all about these open-air uh, surveillance systems uh, that are feeding information directly to the state. Um, so they're, they're basically collate, collating, collecting, collating, and, and processing through algorithms all this data. And it's being used to basically, it'll be used, and it has been used in China, and it's being used in Darwin, Australia, and it's going to be used by uh, Google Sidewalk Labs in Toronto to basically record every move that's made. And I, I wrote in the book that much of what go, everything that goes on outside the home will be recorded and known, and much of what goes on inside the home will be. And I was correct because look at what's happening here where they're going to use Google Home uh, and uh, Alexa or Alexa, uh, Amazon Alexa or Echo to basically echo everything you say inside the house to everybody in the, in the agencies outside the house. So this is a digital gulagging, and that's why I've called it Google Archipelago. Google is the leading edge of all this. You know, Google was funded by the, uh, uh, by the uh, intelligence agencies in the first place. It was developed by the government largely. Uh, yes, it's a private industry, which makes it even worse because now you have no freedom of speech on their platforms. Uh, they are algorithmically, uh, differentially discriminating against right-leaning people in all kinds of areas, including their search results. It's just incredible. This is the most dangerous thing, Michael, I have seen because we have always stood for the Bill of Rights. But the Bill of Rights does not does 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 not uh, apply to Google or Amazon or any of these companies. And these companies are becoming as big and as dangerous as uh, a government can. And then they're getting in bed with the government. So the government can say, well, we're not doing anything to suppress those. They are. And it doesn't cover them. So is there a solution to this? Is there something we should be doing as a nation? It's a corporate state, you know, so that we're looking at or a kind of what I call corporate socialism or Google Marxism. Uh, and what we need to do, first of all, is to turn off these devices, get rid of the smartification of the home in terms of but anything is there, is, that can be recording what you're saying and sending it anywhere. Have and you looked at the have, to, have you looked at the legal side? Is there anything that the government, you know, people are talking about breaking these companies up. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't I, I just don't like the government getting involved in anything. And I certainly don't want right. to regulate them because right. that's what these companies want. They want regulation because regulation makes the uh, cost of entry for other 
companies much higher. Right. So they actually welcome regulation. So we don't want to encourage regulation. We also don't want to punish success in the United States. We don't want to punish successful corporations. However, I think that what has to be done is that Google needs to be understood and even called a state apparatus. And so once we acknowledge that it's actually been produced by the state in a great, to a great degree, we're talking about a place, and Facebook as well, we're talking about spaces that have to be considered public. Uh, and so I think the move should be for the dumbification of the home and the public uh, publication, if you will, of the uh, of the digital realm. So in other words, knowing that these companies have been funded by and are being used by the government, it would right. require them then to be known as a state apparatus, which then the Bill of Rights would fall into. Under. Yeah. Right. And, and then we would have us. our rights back. Uh, we would we would have the free free speech that we are entitled to as citizens of the United States, the First Amendment and the Second Amendment which helps to guarantee all the other rights that we have. So I think it's absolutely incumbent upon us to, to develop a movement for this uh, particular agenda. And I don't mean screaming in the streets. I'm talking about a, a kind of response that's uh, legal, that's, uh, that is also uh, you know, uh, reasoned, and mm-hmm. then using evidence rather than, you know, uh, leftist-type tactics to bring this uh, to its stop. Michael, thank you so much. And uh, You're welcome, we man. will uh, have you on again here in the next week or so about um, your book. Uh, a lot of this is in the book. You, you really need to read it and know what's going on. Google Archipelago, that is by Michael Rechtenwald. Uh, you can find him at michaelrechtenwald.com, uh, uh, but follow him. He is an interesting guy who thinks deeply about these uh, subjects, and his book is uh, terrifying, bone-chilling, hair-raising. Google Archipelago. You can find it online now. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Should we go through the uh, should we go through the um, uh, the gaffes made by um, um, our vice president? This is all after he was vice president. This is only in this run up. Uh, I don't think by the time we get to the election, if he is actually the candidate, we are just not going to make it. We're not going to have enough time during the show to actually no. play the gaff no. montage. No, we won't. We We're won't. up to this is, our, I think, our seventh update <laughs> so far. We've been doing it for about seven weeks. Seven days, really. I mean, I, I we just started doing the updates to yeah. it, and I know we there's every once in a while I'll sh- they'll be talking about Biden and some of the stuff he said, and and I'm like, oh, we never even put that one in the original like construction of the gaff montage. Yeah. So there's more to add from the past and current, but we're, this is just since he's announced. Okay, here we go. This is uh, Joe Biden. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Oh, Wealthy kids, black kids, (laughs) Asian kids. We choose unity over division. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. When the kids from Parkland marched up to, and I I met with them, and then they went off to up on the hill when I was vice president. They went off the hill. Just like in my generation, when I got out of school, that... uh, 
when Bobby Kennedy and Dr. King had been assassinated in, in the 70s, uh, late 70s, when I got engaged. Late my 70s. long friend, time friend, and she's a friend. She's been my friend <laughs> in and out of public life. We had over 40 kids shot in Kent State on a beautiful lawn by the National Guard. We should set up a system, wow. which I propose, which I will put if I'm elected president, that allows the folks at HH, the, the, the folks at Health and uh, the, the Health Department in the United States, HHS. He's saying that it was President it's his fault. I promise you, uh, President Mike if boss. I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes in America is we're going to cure cancer. Donald, Hump, Donald Trump is re-elected. <laughs> Freudian slip. But folks, if you're interested, join me. I could use the help. <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. it goes on and on. I mean, some of those things are just, we could go back to that one, the President Hump speech had multiple, yeah, multiple. Bur- what were they called Bertations? remember we can- yeah because that one yeah that one news anchor kind mm-hmm. of just stopped being able to speak for 30 seconds mm-hmm. and kept saying the word Bertation over and over again um the- had multiple Bertations during that uh, run-up to the moment where he calls him president hump uh how come nobody's talking about the aneurysm thing <sighs> well i mean there is a it's a weird thing right you're turning at some level, you're turning health into politics, but I mean, in this case, it's important, right? It, it just like his, yeah. I mean, it was. Imp- they certainly had no problem mocking Donald Trump's uh, health examination, where his his, his doctor, doctor was like, <laughs> his doctor was like <laughs> a, a mad scientist. He's like a doctor of a villain in some Marvel yeah. comic. He, he was awesome. I, he's the most healthiest guy in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's my medical opinion. I love that. <laughs> that guy it's was awesome. Why doesn't that guy have a show yet? I know. I, I know. want that guy. Why hasn't Netflix hired him? You know, somebody with a medical condition. Can we play uh, Kamala Harris, uh, please? Do we have time? 17 what are seconds. What going to do in the next one year yeah. to diminish the mentally retarded action of this guy? Okay, that's what she says. Well said. Okay, well said. <laughs> now, she says, well, well said. said. So what are you going to do about this mentally retarded uh, uh, Trump? Um, she later apologizes and said she hasn't, she didn't really hear him. Wait, what? And that's not the first time oh. she's done that. This she, is her go-to. Yeah, I didn't really hear it. She may have a hearing problem. We should have her hearing checked. <laughs> the Blaze Radio Network. On demand.